So it's 2023. Welcome to 2023. Do you have plans for the year? How are they coming along? Have you got them planned out well? Do you know what you're going to do? They're all ready? I'm going to talk about that this morning. And to help us with that, going to take you to a really, really well-known story in the book of John, chapter 5, verses 1 to 9, if you would like to read with me, but it's also going to be on the screen. Sometime later, that's after Jesus had healed the official son in Galilee, sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now, there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, or actually sometimes Bethsata, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, Do you want to get well? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. And while I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. And then Jesus said to him, Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once the man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. What a beautiful story of, uh, of joy and of healing. But I wonder if you, if you detected that undercurrent of, of sadness and misunderstanding that was running in the whole story as well. Uh, so, so let me take you there and walk through the story with you. It's, it's real fun. So the story starts at this place called Bethesda or Bethsata, which means um, house of kindness or house of mercy, if we were to translate that. Now, Bethesda, when we read this and we read about the colonnades, we immediately think that it's a spa, this beautiful place where people are sipping their little drinks and everything. If that's what you think, you got it all wrong. The clue is in the word sheep gate. And when we go to Israel in a year or so, those who go with will go visit Bethesda and you'll see it. Bethesda was the pool where the sheep were washed. That's why it's close to the sheep gate. And you're saying, why did they wash the sheep? What are they doing? Well, here's how it works. And sorry for making it a long story, but it's a fun story. It explains another text in the Bible as well. So, if you came to Jerusalem and you wanted to sacrifice a sheep to the Lord, you couldn't just bring your sheep with from home, from Jericho or wherever you came. No, 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 no. It didn't work like that. You had to have a temple sheep. Temple sheep was sheep that was specifically blessed by the priests. They had no blemish. They were checked for that. And they were washed clean at the pool of Bethesda. So they were perfect. Those were the sheep that you could sacrifice, but you had to buy a temple sheep. To buy a temple sheep, you could not use your own money. You needed temple money. 
To get temple money, you had to go to the money changers who would do you in, as would the sellers of the sheep. Can you remember the story when Jesus walked in and he tipped over those tables? Do you get it? So that's the pool of Bethesda. It's not a spa. It's a stinky little pool where sheep were washed. But, and you would have seen, it wasn't a mistake that Grace and I made, that there was no verse 4 in our translation. It went from 1, 2, 3 to verse 5. Because there's one verse that's not in all of the manuscripts. And that verse says, Every now and then an angel of the Lord would come and it would stir the water of the pool. And anyone who would get into the water first would be healed of their sickness or their ailment or whatever it was. It was a tradition that they believed in. And that's why we find so many sick and needy and paralyzed people there, because they were waiting for the angel to stir the water, and whoever was in first, they would be healed. And this is where the sense of the the sadness comes in as well, right? So all of them lying there in this expectation, and the water moves, and... I didn't make it. And the next time, I didn't make it. So there's this expectation, but so often the expectations would just be crushed. And this is where we meet our protagonist. We don't know his name. We know he's been an invalid for 38 years. We don't know exactly what's wrong with him. But if you read the text, it seemed that he was maybe paralyzed, couldn't get himself to the water properly. And that's why Jesus said, get up, walk. So we think that's what was wrong with him. Doesn't matter. He was sick. He was lying there. Not sure that he was lying there for 38 years. Not too sure about that either. But he was there every day of his life. Someone would bring him. He would sit on his mat, he would hope, and he would beg, and that was his life. Bethesda, place of hope and promise. Bethesda, place of disappointment and sadness. And that's what he would do. Sit and beg and hope. Over and over. And then, then Jesus appears on the scene. Jesus sees the man, asks about the man, learns that he's been there for, that he's uh, been an invalid for 38 years, walks up to the man and says, do you want to get well? And I think for a moment there was this collective silence as if, dude, do you know why we're all here? Don't you think we all want to get well? Don't you think we're all going to say, yes, 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 just do it, go for it? Yes, of course. And you wait for the man to just say, oh, yes, I'd like our... But his answer is what I want to talk about this morning. His answer is not a yes. His answer is the answer of a man who has lost his hope. In psychology, we call it secondary gain. Let me explain secondary gain. The primary goal would be, I'm there because I want to get healed. But he's been there such a long time, and over and over it's not happened. 
that he's given up on that and his only hope that he now has is, oh, well, at least I can sit here and someone might put a little penny in my hat and at least someone will stop and say hi to me and at least that makes my day secondary gain. Primary goal, I wanted to get healed, not going to happen. So secondary gain, I'll hang around and make the best of what I have. Anyone understand that? Been there? Done that? The problem with secondary gain is this, is that it causes us to lose our focus on that primary hope and the one who can do that for me. I'm going to tell you a true story. It happened to a, a, a young pastor down in America. So they were in the offices and, and a man walked in and he didn't have a house to stay and he lived off the street. And he said to them, um, I need your help. And they said, sure, how can we help you? He said, so I have this, this sickness. It's a thing on my back that goes down my back to my legs at the bottom. Um, what you need to do is you take this medicine, you put it in a bath, you lie in the bath for an hour or so, and then it just seeps in and it will heal after a day or two. So I want you to, to put me up in a motel for two days so that I can go lie in the bath and put the, I have the medicine and I can, and they said, okay, hold on. So they went and they said, we can do much better than this for this man. So they phoned a hospital, they got one in the next town that would take him in, that would give him even better meds, that would do this for him, that would take care of him, all of this. So they go out, they said, we got really good news. We've got the hospital, it's not going to cost you a penny, we're going to pay for that. They pay for hospitals. We'll pay for that, we'll take care of this. We have someone that will take you in their vehicle, take you there. They'll call us when we're, they're done with you. We'll bring you back again. Young man says, no, I don't want that. I want you to put me up in a motel because I need to be on the street to go get money so I can eat. And they're saying, you're not listening. You're going to be there for three days. They're going to feed you three meals a day for three days. You don't have to worry about that. And when you come back, you'll be fine and healed. No, he said, I, I don't want this. You have to put me up in a motel. And they said, but we can't do that. Young man turned around and he walked out the door the way he came in. Secondary gain. The problem with secondary gain is we don't hear the question. Do you want to get well? Do you want your life to change? We get so used to, accustomed to what we're doing, we just adapt to it. Oh, well, it's not really what I want, but what I have. Oh, it's not really the real life I want to live, but it is the life that I have. That we don't hear the question. And we're stuck in our tunnel vision, and we don't hear the question take you back to the story. Jesus says to him, do you want to get well? Yes, but I don't have someone to take me to the water. Do you want to get well? Yes, but someone else is always ahead of me. Do you want to change your relationship with your family? Yes, but you know I have to work seven days a week. Do you want to get out of debt? Yes, but I have a certain image that I have to show to the world. 
And we can multiply those. Do you want to get out of that bad habit? Yes, but. Do you want to serve the Lord in a different way? Yes, but. Do you want to become a volunteer at Central Church and, and help folks? Yes, but. Do you want to go help in Kids Zone? Yes, but. And on and on. We can take them. The problem is with the yes, but is that we get so comfortable in that that we do not move. And just hoping and not doing is not going to get me anywhere. You remember my old story that I've told over and over of the five frogs. Five frogs sit on a rock. One decides to jump. How many left? Five. He only decided. Secondary gain. Yes, but. Did you see Jesus' reaction to this? Because Jesus knows if we just sit there, we're going to die right there on that rock. Jesus says to him, so you were always sitting, hoping, begging. Here's what you're going to do. Get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Do you want to get well? Get up, pick up, walk. You can't be stuck back in the if-onlys. That's the trap that we fall in. If only that will happen, then this will change. If only that can do, then this will happen. If only this, no. No, listen to the question. Do you want to get well? Don't focus on the pool, because that was this man's focus. He focused on that which he could not achieve, getting to the pool. And the pool was all that he saw, and right next to him stands Jesus. And Jesus says, buddy, stop, stop. Move your focus. The pool cannot heal you. The pool cannot change your life. They wash sheep in the pool. But I can heal you. I can change your life. I started with a question. Welcome to 2023. Have you made plans? How are you doing with your plans? I'm going to ask you to remember this story for the rest of the year. Hear the question. When all you see is the pool, stop and hear the question. When it feels like the pool is way out there and you want to start with yes, but, look at the one who is standing right there next to you. When life is mediocre and you think it's, oh, well, we'll just... No. Did he say, I came so you have a mediocre life? What did he say? I came so you may have life in all of its abundance. Listen to the question. And look to the one who's there next to you. Also in the moments when that tunnel vision just wants to take over. Don't allow it. Because he wants you to be well and live well.
Amen. Pray with me, and I mean pray with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.